I thirst. These are the words from the cross for us today. I hope, though, you all got to watch the Super Bowl last weekend. It was a good game, and there were lots of celebrity sightings, including our favorite Pennsylvanian. For those that didn't pick that up, I'm referring to Taylor Swift. And also, again, advertisements. There's always lots of good advertisements during the Super Bowl. And this year, the one that really stood out to me was the commercial about Jesus, the He Gets Us commercial. And I've been thinking all week about how Jesus gets us, especially because the word this week from the cross is, I thirst. And I thirst is this declaration, this admission by Jesus that he's human, that he has basic biological needs like the rest of us, and that again, he is, he is thirsty. So I want to reflect with you this day on, on the humanity of Jesus, what it means that Jesus is, is human, like the rest of us, he gets us, but also to, to, I think, shine some light on the ways in which Jesus is not just human, but, but truly human, in the best possible way, truly human, and then enables us, too, to be truly human. Well, when Jesus acknowledges that he thirsts, he's on a cross, and that admission that I thirst is also an admission that he's about to die, right, that he's about to breathe his last. And one of the things we all have in common as humans, whether we're rich, we're poor, we're young, we're old, we're sophisticated, we're simple, is that eventually we're all going to die. This is just to be human is ultimately to die, and Jesus, too, is taking on mortality. But one of the things also is that as humans, we're not only going to die, but I think we're often very much afraid of death. Right? To be human is to, to be anxious, to be in terror of, of death. This uh, last week was Ash Wednesday, a reminder that, again, we're all going to die. From dust you were made, and to dust you shall return. And in my first congregation, there was a woman who, uh, every year she would come to Ash Wednesday worship, but she never wanted to have the ashes put on her. She had to come because she sang in the choir, but she would sit there while everybody else came up. You see, she had buried three husbands, and I think death was just too real for her. She didn't need a reminder of it once a year. Again, I get it that as, as humans, there's a sort of um, a terror, a trembling before the reality of death. And Jesus, too, Jesus acknowledges that, th that this death is going to be difficult. He refers to this throughout the Gospels as this cup, this, this difficult thing that he's got to go through. And in fact, he asks God the Father, can you take this away from me? So Jesus, like the rest of us, isn't excited about his death. Yet, yet Jesus is willing to do all this. And when Jesus goes to his death, he exhibits not only a fear of death, but also a courage, a willingness to take it on. And the reason why is because Jesus has faith. And you could argue the whole rest of the gospel, Jesus hasn't quite had to have faith yet. Because Jesus always was able to handle the situation. But in this case, where Jesus, like all of us, is confronting his death, he cannot resurrect himself. And God the Son now needs God the Father, through God the Spirit, to raise Jesus up to new life. Jesus cannot do the resurrection on his own. He needs to die, ultimately surrender everything, trusting, believing that God is going to raise him up. 
And in this way, Jesus becomes truly human in that Jesus trusts the Lord in all situations, even in his own death. And this is how God intended it, that in the garden, God made humans, and and God wanted them to live day by day, trusting God and trusting God alone. And really, all of Scripture, the, the people, just like us, some days they trust, and some days not so much. And it's this up and down struggle where humans aren't as faithful as we're supposed to be. But, but Jesus here, even in the face of his own cross, even in the face of death, remains faithful. He reveals his true humanity. I want to offer, though, that, that Jesus, too, through his death and resurrection, invites us to be truly human as we confront our own deaths. The cross I'm wearing is actually from the the third of that woman's husbands, the third person that she had to bury. His name was Stan, and he was a pastor. And uh, he was very sick at the end of life, and so I was asked to visit him. And and I went, and it was actually Good Friday. And at this point, Stan was in that kind of in and out of its zone, hadn't spoken, hadn't eaten. We knew, again, the end was very close, but I came, and And when I came, it was clear that although he was groggy, he was able to focus on me. And that we started to have this connection. And so I I asked him, I said, Stan, are you afraid? Are you afraid? And for the first time in two days, he spoke and he said, afraid. Why would I be afraid? At that moment, everything about him that made him a strong and vital human was was being taken away. He was hooked up. His skin was pale. His, his organs were failing one by one. Yet he was so truly human in that moment as he was trusting God in spite of everything that God would redeem him. You see, as, as Christians, we can take a dive in that deep end of the pool knowing that Jesus has already done it and Jesus has promised to raise us up now. Humans, yes, the real humans are afraid of death, but the true human, Jesus Christ, and then those of us who trust this promise are those who are able to confront death with a bit of courage while trembling still. And so one day when you find yourself and you're, you're saying to that loved one that they need to let go, words you don't even want to say yourself, that it's okay, it's okay, you can let go. Or that moment when you can't even respond, but you can hear those words from, from your loved ones, and they're telling you that it's okay. It's okay that you can, you can let go. You, again, can know that you're just going into the deep end of the pool, following your Lord and Savior, who's already done that and has risen, and he'll raise you up to new life. So, again, as, as humans, we are afraid of death, but there's a way in which Christ, truly human, has that courage before that ancient of foes. Another thing that we have as humans is a capacity for empathy. In fact, it's hardwired in us. When we see somebody who is sad, we have what's called mirror neurons. And what our brain does is our brain actually looks at their face and mimics the face then and then says, what am I feeling? And then feels what they're feeling. Again, we are wired for empathy as humans And this also explains why when we suddenly move all of our communication away from this and to this or to this, and it's mediated by AI, that suddenly all we get is hatred. 
right? Because we're, we're missing that, that deeply human thing to look at a person and understand, I was so mad at you, but as I look at you and I hear your story, I'm starting to get where you're coming from. So again, to be human is to have compassion and empathy, but, but what often happens for us as humans is that our, our compassion has, has a boundary. As humans, we're really good about building walls among each other, across language, race, tribe, political stuff, uh, the whole thing. We're, we're good about building boundaries, and we typically have a lot of compassion up until that boundary, and our compassion kind of stops. You know, the He Gets Us commercial is almost like it's been a Rorschach test to, to see how people respond. And, and so many of my friends that are really progressive, they can't stand the commercials because they don't like the people that made them. And then my really, really conservative friends don't like it because it seems like Jesus is tolerating sin. And again, we are just so good at fighting each other, at building boundaries, at building walls. But Jesus shows us what it means to be truly human. And Jesus looks beyond those walls that we have. For when he cries out, I thirst, he doesn't say, I thirst as a man, I thirst as a Jew, I thirst as a progressive, I thirst as a conservative, I thirst as a law abider, I thirst is his cry for all of humanity. In that, Jesus is recognizing that all of humanity all of humanity as he's lived with them, that they need a savior. And Jesus looks at each one of us as broken yet beloved. Again, Jesus looks at each one of us, regardless of those walls that we've put up, he looks at each one of us as beloved. What this means then for us to be truly human is to dare to look beyond our own comfort zones and to recognize that that person that we truly don't like, the person that we've been told is other, is bad, is stupid, is vile, that they are somebody for whom Jesus Christ has died. Again, the person we cannot stand is the person whom Jesus, and even if they had been alone on the earth, would have still died for them. This weekend is President's Day weekend, and really of the two, I'm much more fond of Abe Lincoln, in part because by the end of his life, Abe Lincoln became an American prophet, and his words just drip with scripture and religious imagery, and he understood that slavery was this moral evil that God was punishing, was breaking. But, but more than that, Lincoln also knew that even the people that he was waging war against were still humans that they were still people that loved their children, that wanted the beautiful sunrises. And so he would again appeal again and again to, to see the better angels in other people. To be human is to have compassion, but compassion that finally stops at the boundaries that we put up as humans. But to be truly human is actually to see beyond that. And that's actually how it all ends. If you think about where this all goes in the, in the book of Revelation at the end, it's an image of all of humanity across tribe, across language, across time. And they're all together, all of these cultures of the world, and we're all in one praising the Creator. In the end, when we are truly human, we will be united worshiping our creator in spite of all the boundaries that we put up again and again and again. 
So yes, what does it mean to be human? It means to be compassion to a limit, but to be truly human is to extend beyond that and recognize that we're all part of one broken humanity that has needed and has found finally a savior in Jesus. The last bit of the sermon, though, I want to leave a little bit more open-ended. I think it's a bit more for interpretation. And that is the action of giving vinegar to Jesus as he says, I thirst. If we look at this from a human lens, this, this might simply be that somebody cries out, I thirst, and like all the other times we hear somebody complain about something in life, we hear the cries of somebody suffering, we decide we don't have the, the time and energy and resources to actually address their need. We just kind of want to get it off our plate, get it away from us. And so somebody, instead of actually slaking the man's thirst, just gives him something that's convenient that really won't work, which is vinegar. But what if we look at this from a, a truly human perspective? For it is truly human to use the hands that God has given us to help other people. Again, it is truly human to use what God has given us then to help other people from the beginning to the end of Scripture. And this is what Jesus did his whole ministry. You see, in Roman times, there was a, a mixture of vinegar that they would give to soldiers. It was sort of like the Mediterranean Gatorade. And it was this mixture of wine and vinegar that they would give to soldiers to revive them in battle. And you, you can't help but wonder, maybe somebody heard this man crying, and, and in Jesus he saw that, that this was a, a true human, the best of what humanity is, who was innocently suffering for others. And, and he knew that he was fighting, again, this ancient of foe death, and he wanted to strengthen him, to let him go one more round. And much like the angels that were, were attending to Jesus in his temptation, here in, in Jesus' hour of temptation, again, a human comes along and does the truly human thing of giving him, giving him this, this fluid to revive him, that he can say one more word, that he can have strength for one more noble breath to breathe his last. I don't know. I don't know whether we need to look at this in a human or truly human way. Likewise, this week in your life, there are going to be people who are going to come to you. There's going to be all sorts of people near and far who are crying out that they thirst. They thirst physically, emotionally, spiritually. And will our response be a human one? To ignore or at best try to just brush it off and get it away from us as quickly as we possibly can? Or will freed freed from the fear of death, freed from the boundaries that we have and the limitations on compassion, will there be a truly human response where we hear their cries and we open our hands and do the truly human thing of helping them in meeting their need? Amen.